0: Hello, everyone. It is Saturday, December the nineteenth, two thousand and twenty. As I record this podcast episode, it is eight thirty-four a.m. here in Denver, Colorado. The other day, I just um, finished my four-month training on uh, EMDR. So I've been—I'm new to EMDR. I've been treating my patients now for a couple of months with EMDR. Um, It's been pretty effective. In full self-disclosure, I myself have had treatment with EMDR. um, And it was so powerful for me that I thought to myself, um, I've got to learn how to do this because it's so effective. Now, you know, this past weekend, um, we were really getting into the treatment of complex PTSD and how challenging it is uh, to treat, actually. It's not impossible, but it takes time. It's not impossible to treat, like I said, but it takes time. And this is also known as as, um, Desnos, right? And so the thing is, is that in working with Um, and by the way, it does know stands for disorders of extreme stress, not otherwise specified. Okay. And when it comes to narcissism, what really drives narcissism, as I've said before, are these attachment wounds, right? These attachment traumas. Um, and I went ahead and, and, um, I don't know. I just decided to kind of Google and and just look up some things and just do a little bit to get inspired. I mean, I already kind of feel <laughs> inspired talking about complex PTSD, but I thought it would be good to, to talk about it a little bit today because, because narcissism is so misunderstood. And I want to talk about something, well, really why I I know why it's so hard for people to have compassion for the narcissist, or even try to understand the narcissist, right? Or even yourself, you know, you look in the mirror, am I really a narcissist? Am I really struggling with narcissism, right? And the thing is, is that narcissism is the compulsion to allow others to violate your boundaries and to not respect the boundaries of others. And to get to that compulsion. Okay. That reenactment trauma requires a history of complex PTSD. Okay. So I want to read this from Wikipedia because I actually think this is a pretty good definition of complex uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So it says that, so I want you to take the time listening to this podcast to Google this because it's pretty good. So complex post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD, otherwise known as complex trauma disorder, is a psychological disorder that can develop in response to prolonged, repeated experience of interpersonal trauma, in a context in which the individual has little or no chance of escape. CPTSD relates to the trauma model of mental disorders and is associated with chronic sexual, psychological and physical abuse or neglect, chronic intimate partner violence, victims of prolonged workplace or school bullying, victims of kidnapping and hostage situations, Indentured servants, victims of slavery and human trafficking, sweat workers, prisoners of war, concentration camp survivors, residential school survivors, and defectors from authoritarian uh, religions. Okay. It is most often directed at children and emotionally vulnerable adults. And while um, and whilst uh, motivations behind such abuse vary and it's predominantly malicious, it's been shown it can be well intentioned. So we'll get to that in a second situations involving captivity slash entrapment a situation lacking a viable escape route for the victim or a perception of such can lead to CPTSD like symptoms, which can include prolonged feelings of terror, worthlessness, helplessness and deformation of one's identity and sense of self. Right. And you know, the last on episode three, we talked about um, narcissism and the loss of self, right. So now you know where that comes from. CPTSD has also been referred to as desnos. Like I said, disorders of extreme stress, not otherwise specified. Okay. Um, And then they've got a lot of other things that are written here, but that's the main chunk that I wanted to talk about, right? It's a pretty, pretty good definition. The reason why I wanted to share that is because it gets into the scenarios that one experiences, right? You know, back in 2018, when I was trying to unravel racism, and I knew it was a psychological behavior, and I couldn't understand fully what was going on, right? And what I discovered in coaching, my coaching clients, right? Because first I started with, I called it anti-racism coaching, Right. Because again, back in twenty eighteen, you know, I knew that there was a huge dilemma with racism in America, and intuitively I knew there was more to it. I just didn't know how deep the rabbit hole would go. Right. And then <clears throat> then I realized that there's a distinction between anti racism pedagogy and of course psychology. And I started seeing more and more that actually racism is a psychological condition. Um, I could see that; I couldn't deny it. Um, I was seeing the symptoms with my coaching clients, and of course, um, I wasn't giving them treatment, but I could see the symptoms, right? And the most prominent symptoms I would see, you know, were defense mechanisms. Okay, and these defense mechanisms weren't just as a lot of people say, oh, defenses are a survival thing. Well, but they're also maladaptive, right? At the time, they may feel very survival-like, and to some extent they are, but when you grow up, when you're not a child anymore, they are extremely maladaptive, right? And they don't help you in your interpersonal relationships, right? And so um, when you're a child, And you are in that situation where you can't escape, right? That becomes a way to survive, right? But as an adult, this interpersonal trauma that you experienced, it gets replayed and this is reenactment trauma, okay? Now, what most people do who struggle with narcissism is that they essentially act out in narcissistic defenses in order to feel safe and secure. And these are expressed as insecure attachments, okay, insecure attachment styles, which are expressed as passive aggressive communication, aggressive communication, and uh, passive communication. Okay. So that's, that's how that works, right? So if again, if you're listening to this thinking, wait a minute, but I get like that. I thought that was just part of my personality. Well, that's why, that's why narcissism is a personality disorder. Even though most of you listening to this do not have NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, some of you um, listening may, some of you may um have borderline personality disorder. You know, some of you may have histrionic personality disorder, et cetera, right? Um, but the point is, is that um, all of this narcissism is rooted in complex PTSD. Okay. And this is very much the elephant in the room in America, throughout the world, the complex PTSD that develops in childhood, that's often secret. In other words, um, the secret that narcissistic parents keep about abusing and neglecting their children Then their children grow up to be narcissists and then they have children and they're narcissistic parents. And this is how we, this is how the intergenerational trauma continues. And so the thing is this, what, what most of us, if not all of us have in common is actually complex PTSD. Okay. And we tend to get in that mode where we can get defensive. And again, these narcissistic defenses are really the inner child's way of saying this protects me, this keeps me safe. And I don't want to let this go because this has served me. But when I treat my patients, and I work with my, my clients, right, my coaching clients, you know, in the racism recovery uh, program, and and soon the narcissism recovery support group, um, When we get into this, in reality, what's happening is that we're peeling back these narcissistic uh, defenses, okay? Now, it's hard to peel back those narcissistic defenses in a way without therapy. And I often, if not actually almost always encourage that when people are trying to unpack narcissistic defenses that you go to a therapist and the reason for that as I said, right from the beginning, talking about EMDR, is because what drives narcissism is complex PTSD. And complex PTSD, without a trained professional who specializes in treating complex PTSD, okay, it means that complex PTSD is going to get normalized to society, which it has, what I often observe is the world kind of saying, oh, you know, it's, I'll never get better. It's just the way it is. I have to live with it. And that in and of itself is is complicated, but I can break it down. You know, there's a lot of avoidance of going to psychotherapy. Uh, and that actually is because of the complex PTSD, because going to a therapist can trigger that interpersonal trauma especially because the therapist represents someone who is an authority. Now, ideally a therapist working with complex PTSD, um, is going to show compassion. Um, want to work with you in a team instead of really, really kind of, you could say, um, lording power over you, you know, that's, that's not healthy. Right. And that's something that I really want to distinguish there because, um, you're naturally going to probably fear going to a therapist to get complex PTSD treated because it's going to trigger memories in your childhood, whether consciously or subconsciously, a lot of the times subconsciously, um, that an authority figure cannot be trusted. Okay. So it's a conundrum with CP, you know, complex PTSD, right? Because there is a need. But ironically, the complex PTSD is also what prevents you from getting the help that you need, right? So it's, there's avoidance, there's fear, right? Okay, now that I've explained a little bit of that, let me get to what I was talking about at the beginning about the lack of compassion for narcissists, right? So this is the thing. You may be able to feel more compassion for a narcissist if you can understand and accept that, just like you, and again, you yourself, if you're listening, I hope that you're beginning to explore your narcissism. That the the thread that really kind of binds us all is complex PTSD. And again, the reason why people in society don't realize, you know, um, what a problem this is is because nobody really talks about it much. It's very much this connection between complex PTSD and narcissism is really not talked about enough. Why? Because it has to do with accountability. So when I first, so, so for example, the first narcissists I was working with, okay. Or white people struggling with racism. Those were my first people I started working with. Okay. And little did I know they were narcissists, they were narcissistic. Then as I started to dig deeper and deeper and problem solving, trying to figure out why can't they stop acting in racist ways? Because society, you know, you know, um, you know, as a black woman, I thought, my goodness, these white people, why can't they stop their racism? It's like they can't stop, you know, it's just consistent. Why can't they let it go? Um, so many people of color feel the same way, you know, why can't they stop? And I used to believe it's because they're so evil and they're so terrible and they're born that way. There was this part of me that believed that. But then the logical part of me that's a psychotherapist knew, okay, but there's must be a deeper reason why these white people are the way that they are. So so I coached for two years um, and again, didn't treat these white people, you know, I just coached them. And I coached them with the goal for them to eventually get therapy, because I knew that trauma was at the core. I just didn't fully understand it was complex PTSD, I didn't understand they were connected to attachment wounds, right. And that the racism that they perpetrate, um, you know, it is to why people are taught to violate other people's boundaries, because they're taught by narcissists, right? Cause you know, racism is an expression of narcissism, you know, um, it's, it's just one of many types. Right. Um, and so, but back to compassion, right? So how could I have compassion for white people who, you know, act in narcissistic ways? How could anyone in general have compassion for the narcissist? Well, for one, if you start to examine your own narcissism and you face your narcissism and you get treatment for your narcissism as in get treatment for that complex PTSD that drives your narcissistic defenses, then you begin to start taking accountability for your behaviors, and you learn how to set boundaries with others, and you learn to respect the boundaries of others. That's what happens. So so when I work with my patients, right, The goal is for them to learn how to set boundaries and for them to learn how to respect other people's boundaries, as in not violate other people's boundaries. So when we think of racism, for example, right? Um, racism can be overt or covert. It can be either, uh, where, you know, white people are, um, allowing people of color to violate their boundaries in order to save them, or they can perpetrate and violate the boundaries of people of color, or they could do both at the same time with passive aggressive behavior. Okay. So that's just one example of narcissism, right? This is currently the most popular form of narcissism we are examining right now in America and throughout society is, is, is racism, right? Um, And we have these shifts in history, examining different types of narcissism, you know, whether it be sexism, racism, homophobia, et cetera. You know, we have these different political shifts in examining narcissism. And when we look at narcissism from a political perspective, we're looking at accountability. However, when we look at it from a psychological perspective, we're looking at accountability, but how we get that accountability achieved is different. So in the work that I do, um, I'm working with people individually in groups to help support them, right? So in with my patients, I'm providing them emotional support and treatment with uh, my coaching clients that I currently work with, and then eventually um, a support group. Uh, I'm not treating them, but I am providing them educational support and guidance. uh, And they have that emotional support within their group. They learn to connect with their group members. And this is actually very helpful for them, very supportive. And then they can go get treatment outside of the support groups, right? Um, And this is how they achieve accountability. And it's not something that happens overnight. You see, you know, this past training, you know, with EMDR, um, this form of training, it reminded me towards the end how long sometimes complex PTSD takes to treat, how long it takes to uh, recover. Okay, um, and and the political way to hold narcissists accountable, okay, is through the law, through the law and policies and things like that. Now, laws and policies do help society. There's no question about it. And the reason why that does help is because it is an example of setting boundaries. So it means that, you know, um, if a law such as the Civil Rights Act is put out there, um, title nine, et cetera. You put that out there. That means you can't, it is illegal to discriminate people, right. Based on their identity. Okay. However, notice that in society, this continues and this, you know, this gap is what I was absolutely fascinated with and concerned about. Cause I thought, okay, we have these laws, and they are supposed to protect people from harm, and they do to an extent, but in reality, it's not really working 100%, right? So why, why can't we end discrimination in society, right? Well, discrimination is a product of narcissistic behavior. So discrimination is a, um, is a boundary violation, interpersonal boundary violation, right? And what does that... So when white people act in racist ways and they commit interpersonal boundary violations in this way, this causes complex trauma, um, you know, complex PTSD for people of color in the United States of America. Okay. Cause this is interpersonal violence. You know, we see this, um, we saw this with George Floyd where he died. Um, sometimes this, of course this interpersonal violence leads to death. Um, we can see this with domestic violence where, um, interpersonal, um, Violence can lead to death. And we see this again and again, this narcissistic behavior, because violence itself is a type of narcissistic behavior. And that type of narcissistic behavior is overt. As in, again, when I say overt, it means aggressive and it means boundary violation. And there's different levels and severities of boundary violation to, you know, Offending someone to all the way to, and I mean intentionally offending someone, all the way to, uh, um, you know, murdering someone. Okay. This is what I'm talking about with these boundary violations, right? And this tends to be what society focuses on. But I like to focus on all the types of narcissism that there are um, in a variety of shades, right? Different uh, shades of, of narcissism. So it comes, again, compassion and then accountability. So then there's a debate. Well, what's the most, you know, what is the best way to address racism, which is an expression of narcissism? What is the best way to address narcissism and narcissists? Well, the most popular way to address narcissism is punishment, right? Uh, and it's true if, um, if a narcissist is, you know, perpetrates and, you know, breaks the law, there are consequences, right? And there needs to be consequences, right? For one's behavior. But what about, what about all the other ways that narcissism is perpetrated, right? And I also want you to think about the fact that violence, it really starts small, as in not so severe, as in it starts with mild interpersonal boundary violations. And actually, it escalates eventually in time potentially all the way to some bodily harm okay that's the way that violence works and again violence is the product of narcissism so so what does that mean overall well in humanity we have uh in our society we have a violence problem and that's a narcissism problem but the reason why we have this problem Is not because we don't follow the rules, because rules can be made, rules can be broken. The real root of violence is actually complex PTSD. This is also called the cycle of violence, the cycle of abuse. In reality, it needs to be, it really needs to be rewritten as the cycle of narcissistic abuse. Okay. So as children, we are often the victims of narcissistic abuse, and it usually comes from our parents, but it can come from a variety of sources, um, in our childhood, but that's attachment trauma. So attachment trauma is, um, caused by, you know, um, narcissistic abuse and narcissistic neglect. Okay. Interpersonal, uh, trauma as a child. And then again, we grew up to develop narcissistic defenses. And again, here comes the accountability piece. I think this is the, the big one. Narcissistic defenses are going to prevent all of us from being accountable for the ways that we harm others. Um, so if you've ever wondered why people get defensive and won't take accountability for their behavior, even though it's very obvious that they did what they did. Um, It, you know, that complex PTSD does interfere with your sense of morality um, with one sense of morality. And so it's not as simple as, well, these people are bad. um, They're amoral, they're evil, and they're going to be evil forever. And um, they were just kind of born that way. Quite the contrary with narcissism, Uh, narcissists aren't born, they're made. They're made through their environment. And the environment, again, it basically is an environment with complex trauma that starts in childhood. And again, this is interpersonal trauma, interpersonal, okay? There's a lot of shame associated with coming to terms with the concept that once parents, primary caregivers, and other people, other adults, when you were a kid, that they perpetrated violence, Um, even siblings or other relatives or other people uh, in your life that they perpetrated violence. Okay. And this is a very much a hush hush discussion. But this is this Hush hush discussion and this hush hush, this quiet secret in families. This is when we fail to, this is one of the ways that we fail as a society to take accountability for violence, is that we are not taking the time to examine the ways that we have developed complex PTSD due to growing up with a narcissistic family we're not we don't want to do that because it's a conundrum um and i'm you know we i could go on and on about that but there's like the avoidance of conflict again all these things are symptoms of complex ptsd but but in other words we can take accountability but if we don't go deep enough it's going to continue and that's why i've dedicated you know my energy towards the work that I do. And I take the time to record this podcast and I, you know, do what I do and um, try to educate you right on what's really happening in society. Um, When we want to understand why do we have violence in society? And it's because um, it's not because it's not just because the laws, for example, aren't strict enough and people are just evil and it's true, there is evil and the evil exists, but I need you to understand, but where does evil and boundary violations, where do they come from? When we act in, quote, evil ways, which are violating other people's boundaries. You know, but where does that, but what motivates us to do that? Well, what motivates us is that it got normalized when we were kids, okay? that's a cycle of violence, okay? And again, there are varying varying levels of violence, right? Different, different levels from mild to severe. So ultimately there's a huge misunderstanding about narcissism and where it comes from. So if complex PTSD is what drives Narcissistic behaviors, and and that includes narcissistic defenses, which prevent a person from taking accountability for their behaviors. Right. So we can't actually get those narcissistic defenses down until uh, we treat that complex PTSD. Then what does that mean for society? Well, what it means is that essentially we are trying to treat a psychological condition with, you know, political interventions. And that's the reason in society, why we keep on going round for round because we are not taking our mental health seriously Um, because complex PTSD has been normalized. It's been shoved under the rug. um, It is the elephant in the room. So in other words, at the end of the day, if we really want to take accountability for violence in the world, and we really want to take accountability, um, for our narcissism and to prevent narcissism. We really need to actually start with children, really starts in childhood. So I'm going to ask you the question, if you're a parent and you struggle with complex PTSD, let me ask you a question. Um, You very likely acted in a narcissistic way to your kids and abused and or neglected them. You know what I'm talking about. Now, or they, um, on a more severe level have been abused and neglected, maybe even by somebody else, right? Has your child gotten treatment for their trauma? And if they've had multiple traumas in their childhood thus far, have they gotten treatment for that? As in your child has complex PTSD now and have, have you sent that child to treatment? Has that child gotten help for their complex PTSD? Well, here's the thing. If they haven't, which most of you probably haven't sent your children to treatment um, for a variety of reasons, I need you to understand what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen is if they don't get treatment, they're gonna grow up to become narcissists like you, okay? As in not taking accountability, for the ways that you've harmed others, not fully. And what I mean is you yourself not getting treatment for that. Okay, so this is for you out there. Um, I know it's not easy to hear, but you know it's not gonna be easy to hear because your narcissistic defenses are gonna be up and you're gonna think, you're gonna probably go into a state of denial or you might intellectualize it. You might even try to find more information and contradict everything I'm saying. And that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if if we want to take accountability as human beings for violence in the world, it starts with our kids and our families. It starts at home. And one of the most potent ways you can take accountability for preventing violence in the world is by, you know, taking accountability through your mental health and getting treatment. Okay. Now, when you go get treatment for narcissism, most therapists are going to say, well, you you don't have a narcissism problem That, that you don't have MPD." A lot of therapists, first of all, my own colleagues don't understand the spectrum of narcissism because most therapists do not want to treat the narcissist. They don't want to because they don't want to be dealing with those narcissistic defenses. However, what I will tell you is those therapists who specialize, um, in treating people with complex PTSD who truly, truly, truly are dedicated to treating complex PTSD. Many of them don't realize they're working with narcissists, but they are. They just say, oh, that's just, you know, a a defensive thing and it's temporary. No, it's chronic and compulsive and addictive. Okay. So, so yes, for those of, of you that are my colleagues listening, yes, yes. And we will in later episodes get into, um, you know, um, more detail about seeing narcissism as as an addiction and complex PTSD and addictions. But of course, you can always Google information about complex PTSD and addictions. But but that's that. Okay, that's that's the thing. And so, when it comes to how in the world could I or others or how could any narcissist, how could you look in the mirror and begin to have compassion for yourself? Um, If you violated other people's boundaries, if you have allowed others to violate your boundaries, right, and you haven't taken responsibility or accountability to take care of that yet, what, how do you develop that compassion? Well, because then you begin to realize that most people struggle with complex, complex PTSD, and most people need some type of treatment and help, right? Um, Mhm- To heal that wounded inner child, all right when you start to get treatment for your complex p t s d you start to realize why you have these defenses you know um and that these defenses at the time when you were a child uh were meant to help you survive, but as an adult, they no longer serve you, so a big aspect of you know narcissism recovery um is through treatment really replacing maladaptive narcissistic behaviors such as narcissistic defenses, maladaptive schemas, you know, um, replacing those with healthy schemas, um, resiliency. And this is connected to neuroplasticity. And now that I even think about it, I need to make an episode just on neuroplasticity. So when people start to think, well, a narcissist can't change, but there's such a thing as neuroplasticity, and a lot of neuro, a lot of um, neuroplasticity is definitely something that we work with in EMDR as EMDR clinicians, right? Um, brain spotting too, and so that's what we do very much as therapists is that we are working with our clients and patients to uh, to develop neuroplasticity, and because um otherwise you know you're not going to get better okay so what i deeply encourage you to think about is how accountability when it comes down to it with narcissism is really about getting treatment taking serious account i mean serious accountability for your mental health working with a professional that treats complex ptsd and um Because that's the root of narcissism, because you can't, first, you got to work through those narcissistic layers, which are the defense mechanisms. And um, in society, everyone thinks you're going to shame a narcissist to dispose of those narcissistic defenses, but that's not actually, that isn't going to work. It just never works. It never works. No matter what anybody tells you, you cannot, you cannot shame someone or embarrass someone to stop using narcissistic defenses because they're going to, what a narcissist is going to do, they're going to switch from one narcissistic defense to the next. Let's say that their first narcissistic defense is denial or intellectualization. Then they're going to switch into saviorism, for example. Okay. As in they go into martyrdom, they go into the rescuer mode, they're going to switch from one to the next. Okay. And so it just becomes this never ending cycle of narcissistic defenses. And that's why, and people wonder, why is it so hard for society to change and take accountability, right? Why is there so much corruption in society? Because of narcissistic defenses, because this has to do with complex PTSD. Okay. So, so that's that. That's what I wanted to tell you. I mean, you could take this and roll with it and apply it to so many other, in so many other ways, but ultimately, you know, we got to start with kids get their traumas treated with, you know, children's therapists. Next level is education. So with adults, they need education. And that's what I provide here, right? Um, and, and many other therapists provide information on complex PTSD. But the way I do it is with narcissism, as connected to narcissism, right? And um, so we're talking about two major accountability interventions. One, making sure children get treated early, so that they don't grow up to become narcissists and hurt others. Right. And, um, and struggle to also set boundaries with others. Right. Cause that's going to mess up. That's going to totally mess up. And I say mess up cause that's what all pretty much everyone understands, you know, and the people I work with are like, man, this messes up my interpersonal relationships. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Um, so that's the first layer, uh, of, um, well, the first aspect of intervention and then education, um, because we need to work through the stages of change. Which, again, I will, uh, I've just got so many ideas for podcast episodes just popping out of my mind right now. <laughs> so that's going to be eventually another podcast episode talking about the stages of change um, with regard to addressing complex trauma um, as it is connected to narcissism, right? Because um, the reason why so many people think that a narcissist can't get better is because people are under the mis. They, people don't understand that first you have to get through the stages of change. And you got to go through those narcissistic defenses. Then you got to get to the trauma, right? Uh, which is the juicy center of the, the tootsie roll pop. <laughs> so it takes layers, layers upon layers. Okay. All right, y'all that's it for today. That's the end of this podcast. Wow. I'm looking at the timing here and I've been recording for 38 minutes. My goodness. Uh, I hope you learned a lot in this podcast episode about narcissism and accountability and how you can take accountability and how, um, how important that is and how if, as a society, if we don't take accountability by getting treatment for our complex PTSD, um, from our childhood, we will continue to act in narcissistic ways. And that is actually, it really is the most powerful accountability that you can, uh, commit yourself to, um, you know, but it's hard again because of narcissistic defenses. Okay, now if you're interested in working with me, um, you can go to narcissismrecoverycenter.com. I provide three layers of support. So I, again, I provide emotional support in psychotherapy, and I treat patients in uh, Colorado online. I also provide uh, educational support on Patreon. I do uh, you know live videos on on Instagram, and then I um, upload them onto on Patreon. So you can watch, uh, you can actually watch me lecture. Um, and those lectures range from anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour and a half. And then I have the third level of support, which are, um, support groups. So I do have support groups starting in January and I'm still putting together all the infrastructure to get that up and running. And, uh, and of course, uh, and, uh, the racism recovery, uh, uh, enrollment has ended and, uh, it will not start up again, probably for another six to seven months. So that's that. So that's pretty much it. Um, it was good to talk to you. And, um, again, I hope you enjoyed this episode, learned a ton and, you know, uh, tell your friends and family about this podcast about, you know, narcissism and, uh, Just that alone, listening to this podcast actually, uh, is actually a huge aspect of accountability. Okay. All right, y'all talk to you next time. Bye-bye.